Welcome to Lose Yourself with Dr. Mike Cunningham, Bible teacher and church planter in Vineyard, Utah. When we lose ourselves in worldly distractions, we lose our value, purpose, and our passion in exchange for temporal experiences. But Jesus says that whoever would lose their life for His sake will find it. Let's learn what it means to lose yourself with Dr. Mike. Welcome to Lose Yourself. I'm Pastor Mike Cunningham, and I'm so glad you could join me for this program. Well, we're moving through Advent, and we had already two great episodes, one on hope, where we discussed how the waiting posture of Israel for centuries had to rest in God as they looked forward to the hope of the coming Messiah. That episode looked back on an amazing time of faith and anticipation. We followed that last week with peace. Even amid all of the calamity of the day, there is peace to be had in Christ. His peace transcends all of our worldly circumstances and allows us to live again back to the first one with hope and peace. This life does not have to be completely disjointed. And even amid difficult circumstances, we can live peacefully if we rest in the peace that only God can give. I also charged people with being peacemakers this season, as not only with cultural issues, but also just the family gatherings and the times of people being together. Christians should be known by their love, and that should bring peace. Well, speaking of love, that is the theme of this week's candle, the love candle. We'll start with a quick verse and carol quote. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. And joy to the world has a stanza that says, he rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. And today, folks, we are going to talk about the wonders of his love. When I say love, what does that mean? Uh, December is a sentimental month marked with traditions, nostalgia, volunteerism, and romance. Familiar music emanates from car stereos and shopping malls. Classic movies play in homes and are re-released in theaters. Uh, It's a Wonderful Life, Charlie Brown Christmas, all these wonderful uh, heart-rendering entertainment that's wholesome but doesn't always necessarily capture the meaning of Christmas. Uh, My family uh, has the Hallmark Channel running pretty solid during this season, and it's good, clean fun. But amid all of that sentimentality, it's good to remember the gospel. Did you ever notice that December, people are just a little bit nicer? You're likely to hear happy holidays or Merry Christmas from strangers as you walk down the street. While warm feelings and greetings make the season enjoyable, Christians should move past the sentimentality that can be superficial to a love befitting Christ's example. R.C. Sproul said, In the New Testament, love is more of a verb than a noun. It has more to do with acting than feeling. The call to love is not so much a call to a certain state of feeling, but a quality of action. Isn't that true? 
is love just something that we feel? It appears that our culture is so searching for love. They just want to experience this sense of euphoria. They want to have constant feeling of warmth and affection and have the absence of negative emotions. But that really is shortchanging what love really is. Love is so often, like he said, a verb where we are showing love, we're receiving love, and it's not always superficial. What does the word love mean anyway? When we open up the Bible and we really get into word study, we learn that there are different forms of love. Our beloved English is a little bit limited in this capacity. When we say love, I could love my dog or love my cornflakes or love my spouse and then love my God. And those are not at all the same. There is the kind of love in the Greek. There's romantic love. There's brotherly love. There's um, different kinds of connotations there. There's words for that. But the highest form of love, and it literally means godly love, is agape love. And what that means, it is a sacrificing love. It is a love that looks past sins and allows us to care for one another and build them up and bring them closer to God. First John 4, 8 says, God is love and not the other kinds of love. This is agape love. He doesn't act on love. He doesn't verb love us. He is literally love. And it is from him that we are able to love others. We also, in Luke 10, 27, should love God. And we should show respect and live in a life of obedience. Again, this type of love is not fragile, to quote a popular <laughs> movie from a few years ago. It is one that endures. And again, so... The fantasies of a sappy, romantic, emotional love. I'm not saying that doesn't happen. We have neat moments in our life where we get to experience that. But that is not a day-to-day love that is going to withstand cultural issues and life challenges and doubt. That is going to be something that happens on special occasions. Everything culminates, and it is lovely. But the love we're talking about for this season is one where it is all wrapped up in who God is and the hope we have in him. Agape love is shown by what it does. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 says, God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ By grace, you have been saved. Romans 5.8 adds, But God demonstrates his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. To really appreciate this, you have to understand what an offense sin is to God. When we condone or normalize our sinful behavior, what we're doing is we are misunderstanding grace because God is so holy 
that sin cannot coexist with God. He has to restore us and redeem us. And through his power, through the cross, that's why we celebrate the Christmas season and the Advent season is because the incarnation, God putting on flesh, dwelling among us, living a sinless life, dying on the cross, rising again, and forgiving us of our sins is the hope that we have in Christ. It's the hope of the season. And for example, if that's not love, what is? Holy God looking beyond our trespasses and loving us anyway and offering us the forgiveness that can not only change our life, it can give us hope for the future. Each week I picked a different hymn to kind of look at as we walk through Advent. And this week I kind of thought of Away in a Manger. This is probably one of the more sappy hymns that we have for the Christmas season. I guess I should thought about that when I picked it. But you have to understand that, again, look at the way Christ comes, not in some supernatural means, not to royalty and lavishness, but to a simple manger. God incarnate took on flesh, born of a very young vulnerable young lady in the humblest of circumstances in a barn in a trough that's love but in that we find the source of our true love the love that redeems and restores us he goes away in a manger no crib for a bed the little lord jesus laid down his sweet head the stars in the bright sky look down where he lay the little lord jesus asleep on the hay Folks, that's adorable, but that's God incarnate there. That's love. The incarnation, again, in itself is a humiliation, not even when you look at the cross. And again, let's talk about the next verse. The cattle are lowing, the baby awakes, the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. I love you, Lord Jesus, look down from the sky and stay by my side until morning is nigh. Isn't it amazing you have this juxtaposition of like the cattle? I mean, (laughs) again, not a VIP entry onto earth. But having said that, because God took on flesh and dwelt among us, even as a vulnerable baby, we identify with him. He's not this far away thing. He is someone who loves us made us for more and came walked among us and again that is the miracle of the season and then finally says be nearly me lord jesus i ask you to stay close by me forever and love me i pray and he goes on blessed all the dear children in your tender care and fit us for heaven to live with you there not a sappy sentimental love but a godly amazing agape love that gives us forgiveness and hope. Christ was the ultimate example of love at Christmas. The manger scene is iconic and heart-rendering symbol, but we often forget the significance. That scene represents the incarnation which Holy God took on flesh and walked among us. Just this act of humility is awe-inspiring enough. Still, we must also remember how that baby was born to later die for our sins. 
1 John 4.10 states, In this love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Our first love this Christmas should be Christ. He is worthy of our worship, adoration, and obedience. If you find yourself distant from God or seeking God for the first time this holiday, I hope you will come to Him and receive indescribable love and grace. Our second love this season should be for others. If you already volunteer at your church or other worthy causes, I commend you and encourage you to continue those efforts. During a busy holiday season, however, it's easy to forget those closest to us. I regularly borrow a phrase, who's close to you but far from God? Christmas is a great time to connect with those neighbors, family, and friends, and show sensitivity to emotional, financial, and spiritual needs. C.S. Lewis reminds us, do not waste time bothering whether you love your neighbor. Act as if you did. Dwight L. Moody adds, the world does not understand theology or dogma but it understands love and sympathy. Loving neighbors and family can be challenging. Rick Warren mused, God teaches us to love by putting some unlovely people around us. It takes no character to love people who are already lovely and loving to you. Going back to Christ's example, if he can sacrifice for us, are we not called to follow his example? John 13, 35 calls us to action. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. I wish for you the joy and happiness this season can bring, but above all, I wish you Christ's boundless love that forever changed the world. We'll see you next time on Lose Yourself. This has been Lose Yourself. For more information about Mike and his ministry, check out his blog at loseyourself.life. Until next time, make it your ambition to lose yourself to Christ. Lose Yourself is a ministry of Grace Church and Mike Cunningham and a production of Key Radio.